ended up sharing everything ever since. Good things and things that weren't so funny. Leo lived with his aunt. Both his parents had died. All he had left of his father, the famous explorer L. Blue, was a wooden boomerang. But his misfortune had made Leo Blue very strong deep down inside. This brought out the best in him, and the worst, too. Toby preferred the best. Leo's intelligence and bravery. The boys became inseparable. There was a time when people even called them Toby Leo, as if it was just one name. One day, when Toby and his parents were due to move house, down to the low branches, Toby Leo hid in a dry bud because they didn't want to be split up. It was two days and three nights before they were found. It was one of the rare occasions when Toby saw his father cry. But tonight, Toby was curled up alone in his bark hole. Was this really the same Leo Blue standing just a few paces away, brandishing his flare against the dark? Toby felt his heart exploding when his best friend shouted, We'll get you! We'll get you, Toby! Leo's voice rang out from branch to branch. It brought back a vivid memory. When he was tiny, Toby had had a tame green fly called Lima. Toby used to climb on Lima's back before he could even walk. One day, out of nowhere, the green fly stopped playing. He bit Toby hard and shook him like a scrap of rag. The creature had gone crazy, and Toby's parents had to separate them. Toby could still remember that look in Lima's eyes his pupils grown fat as a pond in the rain. His mother had said to Toby, Today it was Lima, but anyone could turn crazy one day. We'll get you, Toby! When he heard that wild cry again, Toby knew that Leo's eyes must be as terrifying as a crazy animal's, like ponds swollen by the rain. The small troop was getting nearer, tapping the bark with wooden spears to feel for cracks and hollows. They were looking for Toby. It was like the white ant hunt when fathers and sons set out every spring to drive the pests to the far branches. I'll make him come out of his hole. The voice was so close, Toby could almost feel the speaker's warm breath. He didn't dare move or shut his eyes. The beating spears were coming toward him through the flame-swept darkness. A spear crashed down, landing only a finger's width from his face. Toby was paralyzed with fear, but kept his eyes glued to the patch of sky he could see in between the hunter's shadows. This time they had him. It was over. Suddenly night fell all around again. Hey, Leo, did you let the torch go out? An angry voice shouted. It fell. Sorry, the torch fell. You idiot. The group's only torch had gone out. The search would have to continue in the pitch black. We're not giving up now. We'll get him. Another man had caught up with the first and was rummaging around the cracks in the bark. He was so near, Toby could feel the air moving. The second man must have been drinking because he stank of alcohol and his movements were violent and clumsy. I'll catch him myself. 
I'm going to chop him up into little pieces, and then we'll tell the others we couldn't find him. The other man laughed as he turned to his hunting companion. Doesn't change, does he? He killed forty white ants last spring. Toby was worse than a white ant to them. They wouldn't spare him the spear or the flames. Both shadows were towering directly over him. Nothing could save him now. Toby almost stopped looking up at the sky, which was the only thing keeping him going. He saw the spear coming down toward him and quickly flattened himself against the sides, so all the hunter felt under his weapon was the hard wood of the tree. But the other man had already thrust his arm into the hole. Toby's eyes were smarting with tears. He watched the man put his big, fat hand right up against him, stop, then move it a bit higher next to his face. Strangely.